It is the middle ground between light and shadow, between science and superstition, and it lies between the pit of man's fears and the summit of his knowledge. This is Time Enough Podcast. It's Time Enough Podcast, the podcast where we dive into the episodes of The Twilight Zone and beyond. This is Matt here. Luke's right over there. Hi, Luke. Yo, yo, what it is, what it is. It's your boy, Luke Summerhays, coming at you live. Steve is right past Luke. Oh, I was going to do that joke later and pretend to ask Andrew a question. Oh. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's too meta, isn't it? He's on the show. Okay. I thought I'd just introduce Steve now and, you know, get it done, over and done with. But, uh, yes, yes, this is the episode... And then the sky was opened, which is not a proper sentence. A title doesn't have to be a sentence. I guess, but you know, <laughs> if you're going to use an and, doesn't something need to precede it? No. That's how we sound pretentious. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I think that's what they were going for. <laughs> yes, yeah, so, um, a little trivia on this episode is that Rod Taylor stars as Lieutenant Colonel Clegg Forbes, and he is one of the first absolute stars to inhabit the Twilight Zone. He's probably best known as the lead in George Powell's The Time Machine, but if you want to argue Hitchcock's The Birds instead, sure. He, he had, did, like, a I recognize him face, but I didn't know where from until you just told me. Now you know. <laughs> he also did voice work in the animated 101 Dalmatians and made his final appearance playing Winston Churchill in 2009's Inglorious Bastards, <laughs> which I didn't know that, so... That scamp Colonel Egg Egg Harrington. That scamp Colonel Ed Harrington is played by Charles Aidman. He was a television actor appearing in plenty of police shows and westerns and guest roles. His 70s spots caught my eye with an appearance on Hawaii Five-O and a role on Mash as the statistic obsessed Colonel Bloodworth. Does he always ham it up as much in that other stuff? I think so. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> he doesn't seem like your guy you hire for a subtle role, right? No. <laughs> The dumb kid is Major William Gart, played by Jim Hutton. He gained most of his notoriety playing Ellery Queen on the 70s TV show Ellery Queen. I'm not going to lie, I have no idea what that is. (laughs) While this is a Rod Serling teleplay, it's based on Richard Matheson's story Disappearing Act. Uh, Matheson will eventually become one of the key writers of The Twilight Zone, whose last name is not Serling. Douglas Hayes directed this episode and ended up in that chair for nine more episodes of this series. He even took another turn at bat for Serling's later series, Night Gallery. I guess he was a Serling bud, though, because that's all I could really find on him. You're using series there in the American word, right? Yes. So not nine in this exact season? Not in this exact season. Okay. In the, the complete series, the, yeah. the whole shebang of the... We didn't use the word season in the UK when I was a kid, but yeah. I think we've adopted it now. Okay. Shebang? What would you use? We would say series. Oh. Series one, series two. Right, right, but if you take all the series and put them together, what is it now? The show. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> As for this show, um, you are in prologue charge. Her name, X-20. Her type, an experimental interceptor. Recent history, a crash landing in the Mojave Desert after a 31-hour flight 900 miles into space. Incidental data, the ship with the men who flew her disappeared from the radar screen for 24 hours. But the shrouds that cover mysteries 
are not always made out of a tarpaulin, as this man will soon find out on the other side of a hospital door. You never know what you'll find on the other side of a hospital door. I didn't mean to look this up. Like, how far is 900 miles into space? Not that space far. The space officially starts at like 62 miles, I think. Something that they really tend to um, poop the bed with on the Twilight Zone is distances. Mm-hmm. Um, there's other episodes where it's like, you know, it's like 9 million miles away, but in space terms, it's not really far enough. Well, I remember I watched, do you know the film 20 Million Miles to Earth? I know of it, yeah. I was I picking up on the podcast it. at some oh. point. But, um, <laughs> I remember watching it and thinking like, oh, they don't know. And then it turned out it did actually, the monster came from whichever planet is, which is 20 million miles from Earth. I'm like, oh, okay, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but so, I assume they just chose a big number. They just chose, I think in the Twilight Zone, um, the writing is generally quite smart, but, you know, when it's like one guy having to crank out pretty much the whole season, uh, he's probably fudging the numbers a little bit. And it's, it's not Star Trek, right? It's not meant to be hard science. Yeah, it's just like a number, so. Like, you know. the premise of the Twilight Zone is, what if some weird <laughs> happened? Sorry. Yeah. And yeah, this just uses, this, this pretty much is what I expect from Twilight Zone. Yeah. Sci-fi concept goes real trippy real quick. <laughs> Existential dread. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, this one that I did find it interesting that the Existential Dread is a pre-functioning space program dread of simply going into space. Mm, yeah, <laughs> true. It's like, um, like Lovecraftian, just we don't know what's out there. Right, because the size of the universe is terrifying in and of itself. Because they just basically pop on out of the atmosphere, vanish for a day, mm. and come back and crash land. So um, there's a lot of, I guess, kind of um, you know, Back to the Future vibes. I, I watching the first season of the Twilight Zone. There's been a few other episodes also where it's like, yeah, the Back to the Future really like seems to have some specific references. Well, all of those '80s sci-fi guys who are so beloved now. Their equivalent was growing up watching the Twilight Zone. Exactly. So here we have the um, people vanishing from pictures, which, mm-hmm. you know, definitely made me think of Back to the Future. <laughs> I mean, we don't have, like, the you can see it fading in real time thing. Like, we, I think we both thought, like, oh, it was the idea that the drink fell through his hand. But I think it's meant just he got the shakes and dropped it. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't know. I kind of the funny feeling. I kind of like the uh, went through his hand vibe. But yeah. I, I guess that's us as the more modern viewer. Like, yeah, well, yeah, because way. we are layering Back to the Future onto it, right? Yeah. But yeah, the, um, like, the idea of just being completely erased from existence, it's pretty terrifying because even if you are someone who's like, believes in an afterlife or whatever, do you get to go there if this happens? <laughs> and even if you're not like, in a religious sense, if you're just like, well, you know, I'll live on through my memories and works. No, you won't. Yeah. <laughs> you will just not exist. Which, you know, ultimately is what happens to all of us. Even Ozymandias will be forgotten one day. Because but... I make people read the prologues, but I don't, I don't usually have them read the, the end of yeah. episode things because it's just awkward, but <laughs> to shoehorn that in. Um, although I did have someone do it organically, but yeah, they make it clear, yeah, these people simply do not exist. Like, mm-hmm. you know, because when uh, Harrington disappears, um, what's his name is the only one that yeah, only remembers. remembers him. Yeah. Not even the other guy. He's, yeah. So it's like one and at He a only time. gets to remember the next one who goes after him. And nobody remembers him because yep. he was the last. Just like the band Genesis or something. They have the album, and then there were three. Uh, Just because people kept quitting. <laughs> or, you know, the um, the actual Agatha Christie novel that comes from. Right, right. <laughs> I'm thinking, okay, they had a nursery crime, Foxtrot. Yeah, they have lots of references. Never read much Agatha Christie. Same. Okay. I've watched a bit of Poirot. 
Yeah. I went to reading it. I guess I, I like some supernatural in my mystery, or sort of sci-fi in my mystery, which is why I'm talking about the Twilight Zone, right? Oh, see, I, I've got time for just a pure mystery. Yeah. Because what I've heard... there's so much of it, I don't know what's good. <laughs> what, what is the, um... There's a current show, Steve Martin, Martin Short, which is like all murders in the block, or I don't remember what the exact name is. I have no idea what you're talking about. Okay, it's, it's, a, it's a show where they got, a, you know, some venerable old comedians coming and doing like an old-fashioned murder mystery. Okay. And I, I'm mutilating the title somewhat, but a few people probably know what I'm talking about. And it looks good, but I'm just like, eh. Mm. It's just, yeah, I, I don't think I quite want that. I mean, I liked Knives Out, and I'll watch the sequel in a couple years' time, and that'll probably do me for another, like, four years, so. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that's one I'm just waiting to podcast, right? So I haven't yeah. seen it yet. Um, I don't know, any any observations you want to throw out here? I, I did note, when you were noting my notes, uh, just uh, openly laughing about... Um, They've been sticking thermometers in my puss. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that caught me off guard. Like, I watched it a few times, and it caught me off guard each time, because I somehow forgot about it, but... Uh, so did, did puss used to mean butt? Uh, did it mean his mouth? Maybe. They're putting it in, like, his... <laughs> All of this being fine, because we're talking about the puss in um, actor Jim Hutton somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like, I still find it really funny when I hear Americans use the word fanny. Yeah, yeah, That means yeah. the front bottom in the UK. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Hey. yeah. That, that makes several things make more sense, I guess. Good. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, boys don't have a fanny in the UK. Well, right. I mean, some boys do, you know, 21st century. But. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> <laughs> but um, one of the things, I guess it's part of the acting conventions of the time, is just how people, like, flip out or, yeah, or how yeah. their character turns. Again, it's a 25-minute show, so you do have to sometimes paint the broad brush. Well, also, we talked about um, Ed being a ham, right? Right. But that makes sense because the point is it's ridiculous no one remembers him. Yeah, yeah. So he had to be such Including an over-the-top guy that, like, no one would forget this guy. <laughs> no, I think that was um, Forbes' girlfriend, but they had been on double dates with Ed and whoever Ed was dating. Right. Oh, right, right. But then later on, it's uh, someone's wife forgets he exists. Oh, yeah, I think so. when Forbes disappears, his wife forgets him. Okay, that's it. So, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. But Which, they, well, I don't think she was his wife, but it seemed like they were in some kind of relationship, but he was definitely trying to bed that girl at the bar. Yeah. So, <laughs> unless he was just playing the Long Kong and wingman in his buddy there. It's, it's the 50s, it's a different time. <laughs> yeah, but also, like, he's an astronaut. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's not going to leave him. <laughs> so there's there's something there they did, uh, You're kind an experimental of... fighter jet astronaut in the year 1959. No girl is leaving you because you sleep around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess they get back to this in the right stuff, you know, which is the uh, dramatized version of the actual program, which would have been going on right at this time, so... <laughs> yeah, but they'd have been, like, sending chimps out at this point, right? Yeah, I but guess they, the first dude would have gone up already. They were trained. No, no, he, he hadn't gone up yet, but they were training the Mercury 7. Right. Like, so they were already, like, they could already, like, walk the walk, and they were, like, you know, fighter plane, like, test pilots to start with. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, um, there's, it's, it's not. They were all Mavericks. It, it's a, right. It's oh, a broad, they're probably all Icemans. It's a broad brush, but, I mean, it's not a completely wrong brush. I mean, um. Well, yeah, you don't, you don't have to get into space program, like. World War II fire pilots were like this. Yeah. Right? It's <laughs> it's a combination of, like, they are doing something extremely cool, and also, they are literally staring down the barrel of death every single day, so they're going to have a very, like, cool outlook on life. So, Ed Harrington is basically your Gordon Cooper, I guess, if you're looking yeah. for a, uh, a real-life um, synonym for yeah. him. Um, now... One, what I was getting at with the other conventions that maybe are a little funky here is... Um, 
just Rod Taylor trying to convince everyone by shouting at them as loud as he can. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's usually a bad approach. <laughs> but I, I think it, it obviously wouldn't work, but it does seem believable that that's his reaction. Oh, he is flipping out. I mean, he's yeah. flipping out. And right? he's, he's like trying to deny to himself that it's happening. Yeah. Just, oh, it's a prank. It's a goof. You guys are, you know, trying to have me on. Cut it. Cut it out. It's not like he thinks he's going to convince them that this stuff is actually going on. <laughs> so the thing, I guess, is uh, what we talk about these days is the, the whole Mandela effect. Mm. Which definitely, th- I was thinking about that a lot when watching this. Yeah, this is quite a Mandela effect little story. Years um, before the fact, and uh, of course, yeah, before, way... Before Mandela. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> well, Mandela's... Like he'd been born, but... Oh, I think he'd already been put in prison by this point, too. Was it that early? He was in prison for like 37 years. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess you're right. I think he actually was in prison, but yeah, he wouldn't have the effect named after him yet. Um, mm-hmm. I, I imagine most people know what that means now, but the idea is people remember Mandela dying at different points um, in time. Yeah, which... and rather than just being like, oh, you know, human memory is a bit scary, it's like, no, I must have been transported to a parallel universe, my memory is definitely correct. Oh, no, no, we could take the one they turned on CERN it disrupted the, uh, the, the time streams. Okay. I, right. like, I like that theory. <laughs> <laughs> Once they start colliding black holes, things went a little wacky. But, yeah, um, human memory is wildly unreliable. Yes. Um, like, you can be 100% sure you remember something, and it is not true. Because your brain makes up most of what it puts in those memories. And, you know, a day after, it's a bad memory. Ten years later, it's like one of your cherished memories, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> Um, there was some experiments with, like, curing arachnophobia. I think where they were, like, they would give you in a drug that makes you make happy memories and put you around spiders. Hmm. And it repl- replaced all your memory of being scared with a memory of being happy. Does that work? Apparently. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, I've, I've accidentally done that a bit to myself. And so <laughs> I used to have, like, mad arachnophobia. I'm still not a big fan. Like, I don't want a spider on me. Um, but when I first moved to Japan, I got really into hiking. And I was going hiking with a good friend in um, Osaka. And we were having to, like, crawl under a bunch of spiders and stuff. But because I had a good time with her and it was a fun day out, and we, like, joked about going to the spider kingdom and whatever, I found myself way less bothered by spiders, like, literally from that moment. Right. Because I had a happy spider memory. I have the opposite, where I wasn't too sketchy around snakes when I was a teenager. Mm -hmm. And once I started working in the South Carolina swamps and having (laughs) snakes falling out of trees and things, I didn't, I'm not so down with snakes anymore. Well, I can can also pinpoint when I first became scared of spiders (laughs) because it was when I was in the garden with my aunties who are big arachnophobes picking like rhubarb or whatever. They saw a big spider and they just shouted, Luke, run! (laughs) (laughs) I'm like four or five years old running for my life. (laughs) I think my flip out was not flip out, but uh, five or six years ago in the the country house, there were there were snakes in the gutters. <laughs> <laughs> and I, was, I like the, my my father in law like getting them out with a broom or whatever. I'm kind of like in the inside with the glass doors closed, like oh, <laughs> snakes in the gutters. I almost stepped on a snake last week, but I, I missed him, and I, I didn't want to kill him, right? And yeah. I thought I did think he was legitimately a stick, so until I almost stepped on him. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, when I when I kind of snakes and lizards, I think they're cool, but. Some bugs still creep me out. How about the actual uh, Mandela effect? Do you have any any uh, cases of that you want to throw out? I don't think I have one. I, pr- I probably do, but not, not, no, one's not coming to mind. But your friend of mine, Matty, is a hardcore Shazam believer. Oh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> like, we've shown him evidence multiple times, and he still insists that he watched 
the non-existent. No, was, but there it is. No, that's because 20 years later, Sinbad did that as a joke. <laughs> Note he's older in that picture. <laughs> but Matt is also inexplicably a huge Sinbad f- fan. <laughs> <laughs> it's one never that famous comedian from the 90s. He's pretty famous in the States. Was he? His TV show, yeah. Okay. And Matt, I think, got into him because he loves Jingle All The Way. Yeah. But then I think I think he's watched you know the entire Sinbad catalog, <laughs> <laughs> In- including non-existent film Shazam. Yep. <laughs> now um, I think I even said on a different episode of this podcast, but yeah, the, the Berenstain Bears things definitely gets me. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, um, but that's because it probably Looney didn't look Tunes. right to start right with. Okay, was it ever Looney and then T O N S? Oh, that's a good one to not remember. Yeah. Again, though, you're going by your childhood memories when you probably couldn't read quite right yet. Right, 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 so. right. But I remember the first time I saw it, it's actually tunes, like music. Yeah. And I was like, what? When did they change that? And I could never find any evidence that it was changed. So, yeah, I think that might be a bit of one. Yeah, okay. So, there, there are lots of them. Because it makes sense. Like, it's cartoons. Right. <laughs> of course, in this episode, it's way more hardcore and way more disturbing. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, like I said, right, this is like the ultimate in existential death. <laughs> like, you are dead in every conceivable way. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, I don't know. How, how would you run that we go into work and one of the co-workers simply does not exist? How, how would had you had that react? multiple times over the last year, so... Well, I mean, but for, like, for realsies... Once someone disappears, you just don't mention them in Japan. <laughs> <laughs> um, maybe I'm at a point in my life where I would just be like, am I wrong? <laughs> <laughs> like, if you pulled this prank on me, I'd just be like, Huh, okay. Maybe I dreamed that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mixing my dreams with reality oh, yeah, again. Yeah, maybe I'm too, too open to that idea at this point. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess everyone's used to things changing uh, from day to day in wild ways these days. Yep, maybe you live in interesting times and all that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no, no time's ever uh, solid and... No, it only looks that way in retrospect, right? Right, right. I mean, let's 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 put our mind in 1960. I guess. Oh, oh, let's see. We got. Well, you're not that long out of the Second World War. Yeah, this thick into the Cold War. Shock. Yeah. <laughs> Space race is about to kick off. Yeah. They're gonna see a man on the moon within five years of this episode airing. Nine, nine. You said nine. So within when was this? Sixty. Oh, I thought this was 64. That Star Trek is 64. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's 50. Oh, yeah, it's like 10 years if this is 59. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, it is, uh, Kennedy, I think, had made his speech around this time. Right, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to put a man on the moon by the end of the decade, so. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, those are those are pretty major shifts in the universe. And then, like, experience. also just in, like, popular culture, right? You're going to have all of the 60s music and free love and, like, the attitudes are going to change a lot. Yeah. So, yeah, they probably felt like these were unprecedented, wild... <laughs> but now you look back at it and you see the 60s as this very consistent decade. Well, more like, I guess, the 50s. 50s 1960s still counts as the 60s, basically. Yeah. I think I think it doesn't fully get 60s until... I don't know. It doesn't really get 60s until the 70s. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I feel like... When that stuff actually becomes mainstream. I feel like the normal benchmarks would be JFK getting shot, the yeah. Beatles uh, doing the Ed Sullivan show for Americans, at least. Mm. And um, Although it wouldn't have been that much earlier in the UK, but... You, you guys didn't have just the big sudden blast, I guess. No, no, they sort of built up. Yeah, and, um, I guess. or, or um, I don't know, the I Have a Dream speech. That seems yeah. like a starting point. You know, Dylan and Joan Baez are playing there too, so. Mm-hmm. But this is, yeah, still in that 50s mentality. But, um, yeah, I mentioned before also that Rod Serling is kind of like the first stirrings of true subversion in a way. Yeah. <laughs> like, 
we're going to start thinking about things a little more metaphysically. And th there is a lot of, you know, church, family, and state that permeates the Twilight Zone, but it is getting weirder. Mm -hmm. um, the Blu-rays I'm watching, they have... So the way they end, they have... The only time Rod comes on camera in the first season is um, at the end, previewing right. the next episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the version I'm watching has got those, but I haven't been watching them. And then after that, they'll play a very short promo for some, like, sitcom or family show. Oh. And it's just, like, so... The vibe is so wildly different than what yeah. you've just seen. <laughs> so it's like... I mean, you know, if, I guess in a Pleasantville sort of way, it's its own Twilight Zone, too. But, I mean, they, you know, they never broke any fourth walls. It just went on like that forever. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I guess that... If you want to really appreciate something like this, you have to put it in its context. And like, yeah, this is way ahead of its time. But I, I guess my point in getting into it in the first place was, how many people would really be thinking once you get out of the atmosphere that everything's going to go wrong like this? Mm, I don't know. But that people just had like no idea, right? Yeah. Like people thought you get like, you know, 900 miles from Earth and you're in Buck Rogers, right? You're in <laughs> Flash Gordon. You're on planet... No, I shouldn't say that planet's name. <laughs> it's a horrible name. <laughs> You're on bassoon. Yeah, okay, yeah. But that's Mars. We all knew that was further than 900 miles. <laughs> yeah, but we all thought there was wacky stuff going on up there. <laughs> True. <laughs> and I hope there was. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, the, just the, like you said, love crafting. They, they never explain what happened out there. Just these people blinked out, came back down. Yeah, and... we get no kind of explanation. We get no actual entity or anything. It also we just see it from their perspective of they are being taken. For all we know, at the end, it, once we, if we followed the other three characters where they went, they're in like a um, Close Encounters zoo. <laughs> you know, maybe they're in some kind of paradise. Maybe they've been put back on their own earth and this was the wrong earth. Yeah. You don't yeah. know, right? But We're just getting the creepy end of it all, aren't we? Yeah. But um, it's something I noticed is it seems to be like exponential. Like um, Herrick, it takes what, a day and a half or two days for him to vanish. Right, then it takes like a the, night for yeah, Forbes takes, and then the other guys. Like 10 minutes later. Yeah. So I, I did, I, I mean, I'm sure that was just a conceit of writing, but I was like, oh, is that like part of the effect, man? So it's like they, they maybe it, whatever it is that's doing it figured it out over the course of the first guy and then could do the other two mm. reasonably quickly. But at least they cleared out a hospital room, so they, yeah, got, they well, got that space now. If those aliens could come and help us out in the year 2021, it would be pretty good. We have to look at the bright side. <laughs> so I've got questions for you. Who went into the Twilight Zone in this episode? Should we say nobody? <laughs> All three pilots went into the Twilight Zone twice. Okay. They went into the Twilight Zone, got out, and then got dragged back in. Ah, so... They weren't finished with them. Maybe that's where your space zoo is coming from. Mm -hmm. But the whole existence thing throws a wrench in it, right? It's not like because everyone else forgets they existed. So. Well, yeah. It could, I guess I'm applying the subsequent 60 years of science fiction onto it. Mm. And I'm thinking, oh, they went to a parallel universe. Oh, they were taken by something. Whereas, yeah, if you take it on face value, they just, they're gone. Yeah. <laughs> And in this series, we'll eventually get to one of the few longer episodes that worked okay, which was the parallel, but okay. still might have been better as a 25-er. But yeah, yeah that, that's one of the ones that at least gets into kind of what you're saying a little deeper mm -hmm. with the, uh, you know, the, and, and um, 20 million miles from Earth, was it? Yeah. So they were made about the same time, so okay. kind of, that's, yeah, it's kind of the same concept. But do you know what that film's about? I thought it was the same thing. No. Um, oh, okay, I might be thinking of a different title then. 20 Million Miles Worth is just about a big 
stop motion monster that comes down and fights elephants and stuff. Oh, I am thinking of something different. <laughs> anyway, there is a feature length analogy to the parallel, but okay. uh, not not to this episode, I guess. Mm. Um, so they all, they made multiple trips into the Twilight Zone. If we believe they went somewhere. Yeah. How about the? If ner- not, I guess they went to the Twilight Zone, escaped, and then they just ceased gone. to exist. Yeah, yes. ceased to exist. <laughs> How about the people that forgot them, the girlfriends and I the nurses? I guess they were in a little bit of a Twilight Zone. Because they got, they got mind bleeped, right? I so. guess they, they, got, they just got to see someone else go to the Twilight Zone, which is enough to mess you up a bit. Except they <laughs> forgot about it, so yeah. it didn't matter in the end. <laughs> I guess they even forget him being crazy after he's gone too. Right. Did any of these guys deserve to go into the Twilight Zone? Um, I guess no one deserves to cease to exist. But. I mean, they were a bit up themselves, but yeah. Yeah, they well, didn't deserve to be... Blinked out of existence. Well, like you said, the I, there are some guys who deserve to cease to exist, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, we get the broad stroke, so we don't really know what these guys are like. You know, it's easy to uh, feel sympathy for someone when you're. This is all you get, right? Yeah. All I know is hey, he's a little bit of a cocky space pilot, but he seems like a fun guy. Yeah. And I'm, then like, oh, <laughs> if he sma- you know, if he smacks his woman up, suddenly it's like, yeah, make that guy not exist. You know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Um, it is a bit of a loaded question because there's some episodes like just yes, please toss this person as fast as possible and let's forget about them. Right. Well, not yeah. forget about them because it's a good episode, but uh, remember them suffering in the Twilight Zone. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, these guys they're just like they just seem like nice bantering space pilot guys, right? Yeah. They, they're fairly likable. Oh, we forgot one other thing. Um, do, can we count the uh, the X twenty two as? As something going in as a character, yeah. I do like that we we don't see the spaceship, we don't see what's happening to them. We what we like visually, this episode is very down to earth and grounded. Mm. It's just something real whack is happening to these guys. Right, that's because the last shot where you see the the just the spot where the X twenty two was. So even yeah. that has been wiped out of existence, mm-hmm. which is pretty wild. I'm like, so I guess theoretically we should say the spacecraft also went through the twilight. Well, it did go through, but it had the effects, you know? Yeah, yeah, it went to the zone with them both times. Because we get the, uh, you know, we get the reports sometimes, oh, there's an airport, uh, airport, Air Force plane landing, it's been in space for three years, right? <laughs> maybe maybe it so, was supposed to have people on it, I don't know. Maybe they went space mad and Is ate each other. Thing? Yeah, I've seen on, on proper media, there's been a few times where it's like, oh, this Air Force spacecraft has landed, it's been like in orbit for three years. Oh. So... And they say it's unmanned every time, but uh, is it? <laughs> I mean, who knows what's going on? I mean, we know people hang out on the ISS now. Yeah. So. I mean, presumably there are people up there right now, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, that was in the news recently where Russia had, like, blown up they, their satellite, and they, they had to huddle all the ISS people in, like, like, the center area in case they got, you know, zero gravity to death. But yeah, because I know Russia have pulled out and are building their own version, right? Well, they have part of the ISS. Okay. China's, I guess, in there has the idea of building its own version. Okay. They they have some kind of space station now, I believe, like much smaller. But you know, the idea is to build that up as well. I watched the um, live feed from the ISS at New Year last year. Yeah. What'd you see? They had it timed so that sunrise would happen at midnight in Japan. Did oh yeah? Can you do that every? I think they do a different spot each. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay, that's great. I, yeah, I actually went to sleep early last year. But. <laughs> it, was, it was like the most chilled New Year I've ever had because I couldn't exactly go out partying or go on a trip or anything. So Yeah, me doubly so. So mm-hmm. I was just like, eh, I'm going to go to bed. <laughs> so I think it's the first time I didn't like actually make it to midnight. <laughs> um, let's place this one on the tripometer. It's like a four. A four for you? Yeah. And the events are very trip, 
trippy, mm-hmm. but there's nothing visually trippy going on. Yeah. And I don't want to be giving out five on my second episode. No. <laughs> I, I was thinking about 3.7, 3.8 myself, so pretty close. A little lower because, yeah, the imagery, except for the, um, you know, the burns-in-your-mind image of the X-22 no longer existing. Yeah, but I'm which... not a huge decimal dork. <laughs> decimal dork, come on. Well, this one is a 4.725. It was a 4.724, but if you look at minute uh, 22, second 33, uh, a boom mic comes into shot, so I think that ruins a bit of the trip. (laughs) Someone does that podcast. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I hope never to meet them. They should go to the Twilight Zone. (laughs) There's probably a new episode does that, right? (laughs) I don't know. Again, um, yeah, you and I were kind of having the That's that's the guy from um, Galaxy Quest, right? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I do, I have had that feeling go through my mind a few times when I'm podcasting and my wife's like, you got garbage taken, we're podcasting. <laughs> we, we usually work out the schedule so that doesn't happen anymore, but uh, there was once or twice when that did. <laughs> I can't just stop the podcast, can I? <laughs> uh, you see, you didn't grow up in the time where like video games started being online. You had to try and explain to your mum you couldn't just pause and go to dinner. <laughs> <laughs> These are real people. There's real stakes at hand in this. People video are going to be pissed at me if I do that. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why I never played online much. Because so. yeah. <laughs> you're a cuck. <laughs> I did that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to put the sensor in. I have a sensor. Even for cuck. I, I, no, I didn't censor that. Okay. Okay. Well, they know at this point. They've heard it. <laughs> it's C-U-C-K anyway, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> oh, I see. You were thinking C-U-C-K. Right. I didn't going to bleep the when I say that? Just the Do you want me to? That would be pretty funny. It's a lot of work at this point. So... But then you have to bleep the second time when I say the and this time that I just did then. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> My Sharona. <laughs> I should throw out this podcast. I, I This morning, I finally made, like, got the proper uh, social media stuff underway. So on Twitter, it's Time Enough Pod. But on Facebook, it's Time Enough Pod Podcast. Okay. So, I mean, you know. Why don't you go Time Enough Cast? Because that's know. the bit that rhymes. Because it's made, it's too late. Um, If you are searching, though, I should say, having done the search myself, uh, you probably need to use the quotation marks if you're. Um, I just smacked Time Enough Podcast into uh, Podcast Addict and I got it straight away. Okay. I mean, you found it if you're listening to this. That's true. Okay. (laughs) But we have other podcasts. Oh, yeah, Facebook can be a bit more difficult, I guess. Yeah. We have other podcasts. Uh, If you want to listen to podcasts made by me and Matt, you can go to patreon.com slash podcastiopodcastius where you can throw a couple dollars a month to hear episodes as soon as we're done editing them, help us keep everything online, pay for Zoom, find guests, all of that jazz. And you can listen to Matt and Luke's Sci-Fi Sanctuary, where me and Matt talk about science fiction films. Uh, check out our episode on the Twilight Zone movie, which was just recently released to coincide with the launch of this podcast. Although this, that was like three months ago when you're hearing this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you can listen to me talk about Pokemon at Luke Loves PKMN on Twitter, Luke Loves Pokemon podcast. I do a Monster Hunter podcast called Monster Mash. You can find that on Twitter at Monster Mash Pod. And if you want to see me playing some Pokemon and chatting, you can go to twitch.tv slash LukeLovesPKMN. I too know what I'm playing by the time you listen to this. It'll be a video game. It'll be about monsters. 
<laughs> I'll be sleepy because I do it at 5 a.m. Japan time, 8 p.m. UK time, Friday and Saturday nights. Come join the fun. All right. So, you're, I'm not crazy? You're crazy. Matthew, who are you talking to? Why are you sat alone? What? Thank you.